boom, coming in hot chichi on a Friday, baby. Yeah. On a Friday. I screwed up this morning. My, what happened? My sister-in-law got me and Jess from our from our niece, Amaya, matching mugs. One says best effing aunt ever, and one says best effing <laughs> uncle ever. And I'm drinking out of the best effing aunt ever coffee mug today. Eh, what are you going to do? Coffee still tastes uh, the same. Coffee tastes the same as if it was in It's all good, a, bro. Yeah, the aunt or uncle mug, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it tastes right. the same out of that mug. <laughs> so, <laughs> how are you doing? What do you got going on? You've been running I'm around. Good. What you almost got. Doing? By the way, Casey almost got arrested yesterday. I, I went back and watched. <laughs> I, if you, I know a lot of us, your, our fans listen. You guys have to go watch this situation that happened yesterday because it's really funny when this cop showed up and Casey's like, "Oh my god!" Anyway, yeah, that was well, that was Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. That oh, was that was ridiculous. Wednesday. Sorry, that was ridiculous. Yeah, the guy comes over. He's like, "Sir, is everything okay?" I'm like. Uh, just doing a podcast, <laughs> but I had the phone on a on a flagpole, and like it just, I just looked like a creep. I looked like a creep. I'm in the middle, of, like this is McGee Hospital in Pittsburgh. It's like people are walking in with different, you know, things going on, and I'm in the middle, like, could you believe the freaking Otani? And uh, you know what I mean? And like the cop comes out, he's like, "Hey, man," he's like, uh, "Is everything all right over here?" He's like, uh, "I'm like, yeah, I swear. I'm just doing a podcast." Yeah, and you have a, it's not like you have a li- like a soft voice. You sign up. You get, especially when you're fired up, that guy must have been like, I'm surprised he didn't draw his gun on you. It's incredible. And dude, right before we did our podcast, mm. I was on obviously the Pat McAfee show yeah. and I was on for 25 minutes, bro. I was holding my phone like this. And at some point you could see the phone start to like shake because my lat was cramping so bad. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm, I like, I think I'll have to go on the IL with like, Holding my phone for the McAfee show. I was like, dying. That's why I put it on the flagpole. I was like, I can't hold it anymore. Yeah. I can't hold it anymore. Well, well, we got through it. All good. Um, all right. Hey, we're one week away from open day. We were talking before we came on. couple yep. elements here. First and foremost, the adrenaline rush of the WBC was so insane. Unbelievable. And you mentioned, you're like, I wonder what it's like to go back to spring training. You know better than anybody what it looks like when you get to the field. There's nobody there. Walk us through what must be going through, like, I don't know, Mike, Tra- anybody, Otani, everybody yeah. going back to camp, what that must feel like. Well, well, I see. I was thinking this because I was thinking as a player, man, that would have been cool to play in the WBC. Because, listen, when you're at spring training, you're doing everything to gauge your timing. Gauge when I, am I, you know, what, how many at-bats do I need? You know, Jim Leland used to say 70 at-bats. I'm like, he came up to me one day. I was like, my 10th year in the big leagues, I, I feel like I'm playing every day. I'm, I'm like, oh, skip. I walked in, I think. I was like. Hey, I don't, nothing like grinding at spring training. Like, I'm grinding. I don't want to grind at spring training. He's like, 70 at bats is the number. 70 at bats. And I'm like, my 10th year in the big leagues. I was like, I think I need 20. That's my number. I don't need <laughs> 70. Great. So, like, I got a bad hand. Did hammy you say b- that? Did you say that to him? Yeah. What do you, you say back? Tell, no, I didn't say that to him, but I did think <laughs> it. <laughs> but I did have that conversation with him. Yeah, I go, Skip, I feel like I'm grinding right now at spring training. He's like, 70 at bats is the number. I got to get you to 70. So, I'm like. I don't think that's true. So that, but that was Jim Leland's way. Now Terry Francona, when I was in Boston, bro, I, I mean, talk about taking care. I was like coming off the bench, but I never traveled. I never made a road trip because it was my eleventh. It was my eleventh, twelfth year in the big leagues. Never took a road trip. Always played at home. Got two at bats and barbecue. You know, two two in queue. You know, two in barbecue. Wait, was, no, when, when you say road trip, that's when you're down in Florida. There's like it's like nine hours separating yeah, every ballpark. It, it's, right? It's Explain incredible. that to people could, who don't understand. Like, yeah, help. yeah, yeah. Ro- like, get on the bus and go. Like, in Arizona, it's the furthest you're going to go is 45 minutes to an hour. In 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 Florida, 
sometimes you feel like you're back in the minors taking five hour bus <laughs> trips, six hours. And you're like a veteran player. You're like, I'm making that trip. Are you kidding me? So Tito really took care of me and, and, and tell you the truth. He was more like, Hey, whatever you need, let me know what you need. So the great thing about the guys in the WBC, they're ready. Like if the season started tomorrow, they're ready. They're battle tested and big at bats. Now, maybe some of the guys like Alonzo and, and like, you know, some of the guys that didn't get a ton of at bats, you know, like Will Smith and those guys, uh, they'll want to get back to spring training and have these next six days to really get locked in. But those guys that were starting every day, you know, your, your Schwarbers and, and your Trey Turners and, and, and Real Mutos and those guys, they're ready to go right now. They're battle tested. So that's a, that's a plus about the WBC playing in real games and getting ready to go. So they're going to come back and they're going to back it off a little bit. I think they're going to, they're going to take a couple days, uh, you know, to, to kick back and then get going. I know for me as a, especially as a veteran player, I just needed this, this last week, I wanted to play more. Hmm. You know, I, I wanted to, especially these, the last, the last like four days of spring training, I wanted to go nine innings. Cause I, now I, now I really need to get ready for the season. I know I'm going to be playing nine innings every day. I want to go nine innings, get some at bats, and then maybe the last couple of days get one or two. But right before those last couple of days, I want to play like four days in a row. Make sure my legs are under me. Make sure my you know body's right. Make sure my vision's where it needs to be. Because come opening day, man, it's go time. You know, we we always say it's like putting your going underwater and getting ready, and don't come up until this season's over. You just know the mental grind's about to be there. You want to make sure physically you're ready to go. So it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a great, I think, advantage to the guys in the WBC that have played those adrenaline games already. Good, great, great stuff there. I just thought of something that's a little weird. These guys have one week to reset their heads to play by the new <laughs> rules. They were right. playing the old MLB right. rules at the WBC for a full month, right? It was about a yeah. month at least. Yeah, yeah. You got five days. They'll figure it out. But it is that is something, yeah. you know? You're not stepping yeah. out. The pitchers, especially the pitchers, are probably going to have to be like, oh, wait, I got to get back into my get on a mound yeah. and throw kind of thing. So that's interesting. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, they'll have a week to do it. And, you know, I think, obviously, it seems like it even seemed like in the WBC change that guys were – I don't know if they were playing, working on playing it. by the new yeah, rules. Yeah, I was kind of watching. Remember Garcia, the pitcher for Venezuela, who's a pitcher for the Astros, are always like, "Well, Garcia is going to have to change his windup. How he stops, goes." Well, if you watched his windup, it was it was smooth for the first time. Hmm. You're like, okay, he has to be working on that. He's getting his reps in already. So, uh, I think these guys, and, I, and and also too, man, I think the guys like the new rules. I think these players are really digging this the the time clock and the mm-hmm. and uh, the bases and all that stuff and. I, and the shift rule. So um, it's going to be great, man. It's yeah. going to be great. I think the new rules are going to be great, too. Yeah. I wonder what it's like that first day back for Trout and Otani. Their lockers are probably <laughs> right next to each other. Dude. I'm just, Trout's, the, know, Trout's like, the one guy who could probably handle that. Like, he's such a calm disposition guy oh, that he probably yeah. didn't get too high or too low from that experience. But it's still kind of quirky that you he, you beat me. <laughs> you yeah, beat me. Yeah. I, I, if I'm Trout. I pulled the old uh, Ryan Dempster trick. Like we, Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. I make sure there's somebody out taking his tires off in the, in the parking lot. So when, a, when everyone leaves for the day, you know, everyone goes to the cars. Good. Otani's Otani's is up on blocks with four, four tires <laughs> yes, gone. That'd be great. Just to, you know, so Trout could get back at him a little bit, but uh, I mean, I just, I, just to go back there one more time, bro, because if anyone has not seen that last at battle oh in WBC, Otani Trout, it's, 
it's literally, you know, if you don't believe in God, the baseball gods, whatever, you, I mean, how could you not with this, the way this ended? It's just storybook. But I, I think what the coolest thing is, these guys are teammates. I know. And that's, they have to go to, they have to go back to camp and then break it. So I just think it's even more, so much more unique. That they you get couldn't to even share get that, that moment thought forever. out of your head. You couldn't. You can't even express it into words. You were just like they got to because it's it's crazy. crazy dude. It's, it's incredible. Crazy. It's incredible. Yeah, that was I arguably the greatest that at bat. Picture. That was the greatest at bat. That was the greatest batter pitcher matchup maybe in world baseball history. Like, dude. Yeah. Well, the the crazy thing was what Trout had over six thousand at bats. In the big leagues, only 24 times has he swung a miss three times, that being the 25th. Oh. Only 25 times in his life has he taken three swings and missed at a pitch. That was the that was number 25. Where'd you get that nugget? Where, yeah, isn't where that great? I, I saw it on, like, Twitters. <laughs> so it must be true. Isn't everything, isn't everything real on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to somebody, our buddy Lou, who does uh, a lot of uh, podcasts and stuff. I was asking him, I was like, what, what do you think about Twitter? And he goes... Twitter's a cesspool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, that's what Lou said. He goes, it's a cesspool. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard when I read that. It, um, dude, it is. Have you ever seen? Twi- I think Twitter has, has changed a lot. It has. The landscape I, up. Yeah, the landscape has. I yeah. look at it for news and like funny videos of cats and shit. That's yeah. like really yeah. all I'm like going there for. Like, I like yeah. to see a little yeah. breaking news on there. I like when like a yeah. news cycle happens. But everything no, else, right. forget about it. Like the po- no, forget about politics and all that. Remember? Yeah, new stuff. Yeah, I like the Instagram for like more content. Yes, but you're right. Like Twitter knows, you know, Rosenthal and Heyman and our boys. Yeah, that's great. That's where Twitter news. Yeah, that's great. good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, follow us on Twitter, by the way, everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Follow. Us. <laughs> We're not saying don't follow at anyway. the mayor's office and and at Chinch, Chinch Four. Yeah. Are you four? Chinch, Chinch no, four on Twitter. Chinch oh four and on oh four on Instagram. And you're yeah. the the mayor's office. On Twitter, at the mayor's office on Twitter, and at the mayor's office MLB, MLB on, Instagram. on Instagram. All right. <laughs> All right. So you were talking about being a veteran and when you were playing with Tito and stuff. Now I want to yeah. take you inside the minds of like an Anthony Volpe right now, right. who was in a dog fight with, I'm sorry, what's the, sh- uh, the shortstop's name? Uh, Peraza. Peraza. Both great, both huge prospects, both playing very well uh, yeah. in spring training. Volpe's leading off when he's playing. I think Peraza, I, I, I haven't seen where Peraza bats in the lineup, but I mean, what's, did you have any battles like that? Were you like, oh, if I play well oh. enough, I'm going to make the team? Oh, dude, I, mean, I, had, the ba- I, well, I had the biggest battle I ever had. It was, it was more like a Mount Everest battle, but it was a battle. What? In 1998, dude, I was, you know, I had just hit 380 in double A AA and triple A. I was like one of the number one prospects in the game. Along with the other top prospect of the Indians, Richie Sexton, who was another oh. number one top prospect in the game. And we just happened to be, be behind Jim Tomey, who was one of the biggest power hitters in the game. So it was like, I remember, I, I think I led the team in hitting in 1997 or I was cl- uh, 1998 spring trainer. I was close. And I remember the last day I, I was, I was one of the, I was the last cut. I was the last cut. I came into Mike Hargrove's mm. office. Remember, I had just hit 380 mm. in double A AA and triple A. I had literally nothing else to prove. I had th- hit 350 in three years in the minors. Three years in minors, Jesus. 350 combined. And uh, and and uh, Mike Hargrove called me and he's like, dude, we got to send you down to Buffalo. I'm like, what? And I knew it was coming because, you know, I, I, I just being behind Jim Tillman, he's like, and he said, I don't want to DH you at such a young age. You're 23. You can go down, still develop, you know. And then I went down to Buffalo, and then I, I got traded two days later because Dwight Gooden got hurt, and that got traded for Dave Burba. 
But I remember back to that being a rookie, man. Like, you're out there every day to impress. You're out there every day. Like, you want to be in that lineup. And a lot of times, like, for a guy like Volpe and Peraza, those guys, they're getting starts. You know, I was getting starts on the road. You know, and, and remember I told you when my 12th year, I didn't make any road trips? Right. Well, that year, I made every road trip. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a road trip that Sean Casey and Richie Sexton weren't on together. Yeah. It was incredible. We, we, didn't, we didn't miss a road trip. So, you know, as a young player, you don't miss a road trip. Um, but it, it matters so much more, Chinch. I mean, you're, you're dialed in because you're like, I got to continue to show that I belong in the big leagues. I got to continue to impress Every day, you know, obviously you, you got to try to do it in a calm way or you won't perform. But you look at a guy like Volpe, hitting no, close to 300 this spring, couple bombs, stealing some bases, playing great defense. Peraza's already been up there, had a nice September last year, hit over 300. You know, there's so many things for Aaron Boone to weigh right here of who's going to, uh, you know, who's going to break camp. But as a prospect, your goal is to make that decision really, really tough. And these guys are both making it. I think Volpe's making it with the spring he's having. Peraza already kind of made his case with with what he did in the big leagues last year, so that helps him. So we'll see what happens. But I I I think it's a great 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 problem to have for Aaron Boone and the Yankees. That's great stuff. I got two follows on that. One, I just thought this in my head. I will say this. I don't know who's going to break camp, but here's my uh, what is that premonition? Not pre- premonition. Prediction. My prediction is whoever does break camp as a starter, I bet starts the season. Super hot. Because think about it, dude. These guys have been competing at their highest possible level all spring training because they're trying to make the team, right? And they're competing against other guys. Do you agree with that or am I crazy about saying that? You know what? I think that goes both ways. It goes both ways. I remember the guy guy last year for the uh, Philly Stott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he was so hot. I'm pretty sure I got the right guy, but he was so hot last year at spring training. Broke team with the broke camp with the team, and I believe went really cold <laughs> at the beginning oh, of the season. Let down, like you, yeah, like, like I breathe. almost think, yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh, I got to make the team, then you make the team. You're like, oh, you know what it's like? It's like the All Star game. Oh, you're grinding that first half. Got want to make the oh, you make the All Star team. All Star team come out the second gates, and you're just poop soup. You're just uh-huh. like, what happened? Hmm. Well, you don't realize it. Maybe you dialed it up a little bit trying to get to the end goal of the All-Star game, but you realize you still got another half of a season, you know? So maybe there's a little bit of letdown. But I do agree. You're right. Either way, sometimes, some guys are hot at spring and they come out and start the season like Albert Pujols in 2001. And next thing you know, he's Albert Pujols. Turns out he's really, really good. If you're really, <laughs> really good and you're not just a fringe guy that's having a great spring, you're going to be a great player in the big leagues and you probably come out the gates hot. If you're if you're if you're going to be a really good player, that's a great topic. Uh, here's my second question: Like, how did you? I mean, Richie Sexton's a really great guy, right? You guys got along pretty great well. Great guy, dude. Richie's the best. Richie's Hi. the best. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, real quick story: with Richie Sexton, when Jim Tomey went into the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, they, they everyone they, they all play a golf at the at the place right there. Uh, at the golf course yeah. there at Cooperstown, and I, uh, Jim Tomey was the foursome. He asked me, Richie Sexton, and Nick Punto to be his foursome. Wow. I just thought that's really cool. You know, we, Very we cool. Richie and I were two guys that got shipped out, but we always kept a connection with Jim and a friendship. And he asked the, the three of us to um, be his foursome at, the, at Cooperstown. It was so cool. That's so that's the last cool. time I saw Richie. Wow. So did you get? So how did you guys handle that? Were you? Were you? 
I mean, you're not rooting against the other guy because that's just human yeah. nature. You shouldn't, you know, you want to yeah. be a good person. But at the end of the day, you want to go three for four and you want him to go over for four. It's, yeah. it's, that is a tough part of playing sports, isn't it? Like you're competing against your friends for yeah. a job and forget about it. Now you're a professional. This is your career. This is how you're going to make money. This is how you're going to feed your children. This is how you're going to buy a house. But you still have to act with some form of professionalism. It's a tough, that is a tough Dude, line, right? This is a, this is a great topic. This is a great, great topic because I remember when I first got drafted in 95, second round pick, I'm like, oh yeah. And when you're young, you don't know anybody in the organization really. You just know like, oh yeah, Indians, they love me second round. I might be, I'll be up there tomorrow. And then you're, and then you're in Watertown, New York and there's eight people in a stand. You're like, where the hell is everybody? Is this pro ball? Like, yeah, it's pro ball. You're six levels away from the big leagues, right? So your, your mind kind of goes to a place like, wow, I got a lot of levels to climb. And I remember looking back, Richie Sexton was in Kinston at the time, hitting bombs. Might be the be one of the best players in the minors. Mm. They were loaded with that team. It was Danny Graves, Bartolo Colon, Enrique Wilson, Anar Diaz, Richie Sexton. It was a big league team at A-ball. And I remember Joel Skinner coming up to me. Skins had probably 10, 11 years in the big leagues, and he comes up to me and Watertown, New York, and pulls me aside one day. He's like, hey, listen. He goes, uh, you need to take care of what you need to take care of. He goes, you need to take care of your business. He goes, I know you're doing it because I do it. He goes, are you looking up at Richie Sexton? I go, yeah, I see Richie Sexton. Looking up at Jim Tomey. He goes, yeah, I look up at Jim Tomey. He goes, don't need to worry about that. He goes, every time you go out on the field, you're playing for 30 teams. You're playing for 30 teams. What you need to handle is your business. Because you can't control what Richie Sexton does. You can't control what Jim Tomey does. You, you can only control who Sean Casey does. And he said, what I want you to do is go out there and be so good. Get so good at your craft. Get so good at the work you put in every day. Get so good at who you are night in and night out, pitch by pitch. That at the end of the year, you look up and you go, man, those are some good numbers. And pretty soon, you continue to put up those numbers. And pretty soon, you, could, you continue to show up and be the best version of yourself. And all of a sudden, one day, Joel Skinner told me, he goes, listen, be so good at your process. Be so good at developing your skills that one day they have to make a decision. Make them make a decision on you. They're going to have to call you up or they're going to have to trade you. And sure enough, man, I took that advice my first year. Incredible. I went up, hit 350 those three years. I took care of my business. 380 that last year before I got called up. And guess what? 1997, I got called up. 1998, I got traded to the Reds because the Reds saw the value in the product that I was putting on the field. Because at the end of the day, when you look at baseball, I couldn't worry about Richie Sexton. You know, and I would be, I'd be, you'd be crazy to think if I'm t at 23 years old, I didn't, wasn't looking to see what he was doing. I was, I wanted to get to the big leagues, but I started to realize it doesn't matter what he does. If I don't take care of my business, it doesn't matter. So I thought that was such a great lesson and it worked out for all of us, man. I got traded to the Reds, went to three all-star games, you know, and we got a chance to be a part of that community. That, that, that one of the greatest legacies of all time went to the Reds Hall of Fame. So grateful. Thank you, God. Richie Sexton goes to Milwaukee Brewers and then the Seattle Mariners hits over 350 home runs, yeah. becomes one of the biggest power hitters in the game. 80 million, $100 million he made over his career. And Jim Tomey now has a statue at Progressive Field out there in Cleveland as one of the greatest home run hitters and hitters of all times, 612 homers. So this is what I'd, what I'd say too. Everyone can win, man. There's enough for everybody. We don't have to root against people and hoping that they don't do well because there's enough for everybody, man. It's enough to go around and there's an abundance in this world. And I just think to have that abundance mentality instead of cutthroat, I hope they suck. I hope they get hurt. I hope, no, you don't. 
Well, guess what? If you're hoping that on people, careful, careful with that stuff. Cause I do believe in that, that karma stuff. Like you start wishing bad on people, it comes back to bite you in the end. There's enough to go around. I agree with that. I'll also add when you're spending all that energy worrying about the other guy, you're not using that energy on your own, on yourself. You're wasting, exactly. you're wasting your energy. My dad always said, put the jeopardy walls that. up, put the jeopardy love walls that. up. Isn't that a great love thing? That. Put the yeah, Jeopardy walls up. You can't see what they're doing. Don't worry about what they're doing. Go like this. That. Why do you think, another example, why do you think they put this on horses? They put blinders on horses. <laughs> right. They really do. When they're running a race, that's the most natural athletic thing in the world, maybe, is a horse racing against other horses. They put the blinders on because if the horse looks at the other horse, he's not going to run as fast. And he's not going to pay attention. He's going to pay attention to that horse. How about that analogy? I love that. pretty proud of myself. Put that in your freaking... Uh, that's great. I'm going to write that down for my next keynote. Yeah, keynote. Okay, yeah. It's true. That's true, though. Put the blinders on. And don't, don't, because if you look, if, if you look somewhere else, that's how you fall off. That's how you, oh, oh they're, they're going, you know, that's how you fall off. So there you go. it's the truth, man. You, you, you nailed it. And I love, I love uh, Mr. Chinch's wisdom, man. Put the Jeopardy, <laughs> Jeopardy blinders. You there know you what I mean? Jeopardy blinders. He's doing great, by the way. He's feeling better. He's back. Yeah, home. He's, he's great, dude. He's yeah. home. He's home. He's home. He's, he's hanging in there. Awesome. He's good. Awesome. So, so thanks for all your prayers every day. And thanks awesome, for shouting man. out. You got bro. it, bro. All right, man. I think we nailed it right there. That's a good inspira- inspirational way to start your day from Sean Casey. <laughs> let's go. Let's yeah, go, bro. bro. Let's go. All right. uh, what do you got going on this weekend, man? Oh, good question. Oh, uh, shout out to uh, our cousin Shane's getting, uh, what is that? Oh, jeez. I haven't been to church in so many years. Confirmation. <laughs> Confirmation oh, <yeah. laughs> tomorrow. Eighth grade, bro. Eighth grade. Seventh or eighth grade. I'm not good at this yeah. stuff. And then, yeah, it's I eighth, think grade. eighth grade. Eighth grade. Oh, okay. Back in my day, it was like seventh, I think. No, no, it's always eighth. Uh, um, okay, and then Sunday, there is something we have to do, and I totally forgot what it is. But I better ask Jess when I go upstairs, so I don't make plans. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What do you got? I'm going to Cincinnati tomorrow. They got the little little round table tomorrow for um, the Reds, uh, MG, like MGM, the, the MGM Resort out there. I believe oh, it's like yeah. me, TJ Hushmanzada, and Kenyon Martin are in like a little round table with, uh, you know. Group Dude, of people. I got to talk to, I spent, not, I didn't spend a day, but I produced uh, TJ Hushmanzada, joined us on the 33rd team earlier in the year to talk about something oh. about the Bengals. Championship. Were, Remember that? When the, yes. Championship. Dude, TJ Hushmanzada might be one of the most underrated wide receivers of Dude, his generation. Seriously, bro. He God was, was a awesome. Killer. He was like Scottie Pippen. Like, he, he was, was that he good. Was he was like slick, tall, thin, streamlined. Yeah, Nobody could stop him. Who was it? It was him and Chad were together. Him and Chad Johnson. Uh, and didn't they I play college ball together team. too? I think. Yeah. They yeah. Were at that. At that. Uh, that was it. A JUCO school or it, was it Washington? All, I think they both played there. I think Steve Smith from the Panthers played there. I might be speaking out of school. I think I'm right. Yeah. Like that was like a, a wide receiver factory. That place that came yeah. out. They, yeah. He's such a good guy. Such an awesome player. So yeah. tell myself what's up. He's good. like, who are you I talking will. about? I will. I'm like, hey, man, Rich Chichimino said aside from the 33rd team. Who the hell's that? <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. All right, bro. All right, we'll get after it. Like, Enjoy it. You don't know Chich. You got to get it together. <laughs> All right, get after Jeez. it, man. Have All right, brother. Fun. Have a great weekend. Hey, everybody out there listening, have a great weekend. Appreciate you guys coming along for the ride, stepping inside the mayor's office. See you next week.